0: Still in the book of Matthew, just in case anyone was wondering. And if you brought your Bibles, you can turn to uh, chapter 7. We're talking about two kingdoms and one allegiance. There's only one of us. (laughs) And uh, both kingdoms are requesting uh, us a call to duty. And so we can only choose one kingdom the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of heaven. And uh, that's what we were talking about last week and the weeks prior. I want to do just a little bit of review from last week because, as I said last week, what last week really does is set us up for this week. And uh, typically when we go into the golden rule, which is the section of scripture we're at, we only look at it as one verse. And this morning we're going to look at it as one verse, but we're going to see it in the context of what Jesus has been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. So last week we talked about ask, seek, and knock. And the first thing was to ask like you want ice cream, okay? And so like a little baby, when a little baby wants ice cream, he says, I want ice cream. Well, I don't know if babies can't talk, but you know what I'm saying. Like at one, wait, talk, you walk at one, talk at two. So yeah, talk, so two, two years old, they start going, I want ice cream, right? And then uh, as you get older, hopefully <laughs> you've matured. And so, e may be inside, you're saying, I want ice cream. But outside, you say, may I please have some ice cream? And then they say, no, there's only enough for these people. And then you say, oh, okay, I understand. That's the progression of maturity. But when we ask, we come to God at wherever we are. Does he want us fully mature? Absolutely. But we need to begin a relationship wherever we are. And so we ask God for for his kingdom in our lives at whatever stage we're at. Your prayer life might not be as mature as somebody else's, but God only cares that you're just building on that relationship. My two-year-old kid, when they were two, I didn't expect them to respond like an adult. I just wanted relationships. So we ask like we have ice cream. The second thing we seek like we lost our keys. Remember, this is all part of asking and seeking and knocking for the kingdom of God. And so I, I talked last week about losing my keys. And when I lose my keys, I flip over all the pillows on all the couches. Right. And, and, and I make a big mess because I've got to get those keys. That's how we are in the kingdom of God. We flip over all the pillows in our life to go, "What, Lord, where is your kingdom? What do you want me to do?" And in that process, I don't know if your couches are like mine when you flip over the, the, the pillows, there's lots of hidden things in there, like popcorn. And it's like, man, we haven't had popcorn for oh six weeks, you know? Or pens or the remote control or whatever, and you go, "Man, they're, I, they're, I'm messy. In the process of that seeking and overturning the pillows in our lives, we see things and we go, oh man, I'm messy. And the Lord says, yeah. We also learn things about ourselves when we lose our keys. Maybe we're rushing too much. Maybe we're focused on something else. In the process, the Lord wants us seeking for the kingdom of God to go, yes, I want you focused on just this one thing. So we seek like we lost our keys and we, and we knock like someone's chasing you. By the way, this ask, seek and knock if you take the acrostic it's ask and i i didn't do this last week because then you're just back at point one and you'll never end um and some of you wrote me some emails and said that sermon never ended so try to get it going knock like someone's chasing you we talked about there is someone chasing you you have an enemy that prowls about like a roaring lion seeking it's the same greek word as we're to seek for the kingdom he's seeking someone to devour you and so we knock, and, we, and, and, and Jesus told this story about this guy who knocks, and, and, and he did it um, boldly. It's the only time that word was used in the entire New Testament, and it means shamelessly. He didn't care. what He wanted the kingdom. He banged and banged and banged. He didn't care who he woke up. And we talked about the baptism, and that's what a baptism is. It's saying, I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I don't care what you think. That's what a baptism is. It's just, I'm I'm dead to the world, and I'm alive to Christ. And so we talked about asking and seeking and knocking. So this is the context that we go into this next verse with. Because we can ask and it'll be given to us because we can seek and we'll find because we knock and the doors open and that our heavenly father doesn't give us a rock when we ask for bread. It says he gives us good gifts because of that. So new American standard says, therefore, because of all this, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets now, we talk about the gold. This is the golden rule. And we talk about this and we normally just put it in its own section. Well, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Like it's all-encompassing. But there's a therefore. There's a so in here. If I am not filled up with the kingdom, if I am not asking and seeking and knocking and trying to get all that God has for my life, I cannot do this next verse. We've had the golden rule forever. The message says it this way. I like this translation. It's pretty cool. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets and this is what you get. I like that. That's cool. So what we're talking about this week, I'm going to, kind of give you everything up front and then we're going to parse it out is the do therefore do god's you've asked you've sought you've knocked you got the stuff you got the kingdom what do you do with it you do that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about you do the do you guys know that slogan It's from mountain dew Right, And it's do the D-E-W. But we've called this one do the do, the D-O. The do has to be done. You got to do the do. Basically, with Mountain Dew, it's a, it's a soda. And I don't know why it has a mountain in it uh, and how this is supposed to be the do of the mountain. It's basically sugar and caffeine is what it is. And when we get the kingdom of God in our lives, it should be like sugar and caffeine for us. It should amp us up. And the whole premise behind the Mountain Dew campaign is that if you're hip, if you're extreme, if you ride bikes, go crazy and everything, then, then you, you're, you're worthy of Mountain Dew. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, that's, you would not see an old person in a walker sucking down Mountain Dew. If you did, they'd be doing like tricks on the walker and flipping around and doing all this stuff. That's, that's what Mountain Dew's all about. When you do the Dew, it's hardcore. You are hardcore. You're extreme. I want to show a quick commercial. Mountain Dew commercial kind of gives what I'm talking about. This is a little logo I whipped up this week. Anyone who knows a sticker company? I'd love to get some stickers that look just like that. I'll give you the graphic if you want it. Did, uh, no, man, That's no trademark there. I've invented it myself. That's my trademark. Huh. That's what the R, you know that little R? with the That stands for Rittenhouse. Okay? So... <laughs> Do the do. Does your life with Christ look like the guy on the back of that shark? Is is it, are you amped? Is it, does it mean something? Or is it just don't do? I don't do this, I don't do that. How was your walk with Christ this week? Oh, pretty good, I didn't didn't do this i didn't do that so everything's going cool and god's like dude do the do (laughs) forget the don't i mean that's good don't do the don'ts but do the do do something let me show you what philosophy has done with the golden rule because i think as we look at uh, the different philosophers and stuff and kind of how they've taken it and, 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 and twisted it, it's kind of how we look at the golden rule. I mean, if, if Jesse takes something from Emily, Jesse's my son, Emily's my daughter, he takes something from her plate of food, a donut or whatever, and I say, hey, Jesse, don't do that. You don't want her doing that to you, right? That's, that's kind of how I, we've all interpreted the golden rule. Just leave, leave them alone. You don't want them bugging you. Here's what the um, Jewish rabbi, famous Jewish rabbi Hillel says. Do not do to your neighbor what is hateful to yourself. That makes sense. Socrates said it this way. What stirs you to anger when done to you by others, do not do to others. Makes sense. Confucius say, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. And Epictetus says, I don't know who he is, but he's just got a killer name. Uh, What you avoid suffering yourself, don't inflict on others. It's kind of how we've interpreted the golden rule. Don't mess with people, because you don't want to mess them with you. If if, if these philosophers drank a soda, it would be mountain don't. Mountain don't. No sugar, no caffeine, no nothing. It's just water. And you just sit back and you go all week long, haven't done nothing to nobody. Haven't done nothing to nobody. And everything's supposed to be fine. When God wants you riding on the back of a shark, going, whoo! Let me... uh talk a little bit about this verse we're going to break it down into three sections the first is god's parameters this is so exciting i was excited to preach this sermon all week long uh, which means let's see we got an hour and a half i guess okay cool uh, the first is god's parameters so in everything <laughs> I am so bummed out when I read in Scripture words like all and everything and always. Because I love loopholes. I like to be able to squirm my way around and you look at the different questions people ask Jesus uh, as he was on earth and a lot of them were looking for loopholes. And okay, I know you said that, but really, seriously, what if, you know. And Jesus is like, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, you know, do this and do that i I did that okay great then sell all that you have and give it to the poor oh remember that was the rich young ruler he went away look at look at what happens we've read this just before when we went through matthew chapter 5 blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say everything of evil it's the same word everything of evil it's all kinds of evil against you because of me in everything do unto others? I mean, what if they're saying every kind of evil about me? What if, I mean, you don't understand, God, how innocent I am at work and how evil everyone else is. You can't mean in everything do unto others because I would would become a a, a mat, a doormat that everyone just walks on. What about me? Remember that song? What was that song? Just came to my mind. Mental note, never just blurt out something that comes to your mind. (laughs) Everything. The Bible talks about this word everything is all through the Bible. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, seek God's kingdom so that you'll get the strength to be able to do in that situation. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds. In everything I'm going to do unto others? In everything. Why? Because we have the resources to handle it. Because we've asked and we've sought and we've knocked. And he's provided what father doesn't provide good gifts to those who ask. And now we have the resources. The exciting thing about this everything is that God has everything you need for life and godliness. And so he says, because I've given you everything for life and godliness, because when you ask and you seek and you knock, I give good gifts so that you can handle it. Because I do that, you have the resources for everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, ask and seek and knock, and I'll resource you with peace, and you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to do it. 1 Thessalonians 5:18 and everything give thanks. Everything? Yeah, I've got it all covered. You're totally resourced for everything. So when we get to a verse like this where it says do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, we're we're on the hook for everything. Why? Because we have access To the throne of God and to his resources. Look at this verse. This verse is awesome. It's in your notes there. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Okay? This isn't just a little trickle. This is riding the back of the shark. Okay? It's able to make all grace abound to you radical, extreme, X-Games lifestyle. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good do. Not just sitting back and ha- being able to handle it. Oh, oh, these things are happening to me, but I'm going to be able to, I'm going I'm to handle it over time. No, it's it's ugh. back of the shark. Woo! take off that's what this verse is saying all things at all times you got everything you need to abound in every good work these are the parameters now think about this if we're asking and seeking and knocking and we have this full full access to God and it's a mountain Dew nectar that comes right into us what in the world is going to stop us Nothing except us cutting off the flow through sin or disbelief or focus down here, the kingdom of the world. If not, if we're asking and seeking and knocking, nothing can stop us. Those are the those are the parameters. Yesterday I was at a traffic light. One of the real bummers about preaching uh is you have to come up with examples. And another bummer about preaching is you find out that your life has chock full of bad examples. Uh, <clears throat> so yesterday I was at a traffic light on Chapman and Valley View. And uh, I, kn- um, I know that you're on that left turn lane, you got seven cars. That's all that light will allow. Unless you all drive like me, we could probably get 12 in there. I'd love to get at like 3 o'clock in the morning get like 12 of my buddies, and we're just like, ready? Ding. And see if we can get 12 cars there. But when you don't have those people driving, uh, you can get seven at the max, mostly five. Like five is typical, and I was the fifth car. So it turns green, and the first three cars go. And I'm like, oh no. Lady. Now see, that's the first thing. (laughs) So, so you, you're kind of seeing where this is all going. First word out of my mouth, oh, lady, you know, right? So, I'm like, so I give her, you know, what I consider to be a nice reminder. Hey, you. The lights turned green, all right? So, you know. Oh, oh, you know, the cell phone comes down, the laptop, you know, that make, you know, she puts everything away, you know, everything gets put away in its place. She starts up, it turns yellow, because then yellow, you don't ever want to be going through a yellow light, apparently. So we both could have made it and the car behind me could have made it. I guarantee you we would have made it. At least I would have. It was photo enforced, so it would have been his picture behind me. But So I'm like sitting there going, You gotta be kidding me. How in the world I mean, it's driving. It ain't rocket science. So <laughs> So I rolled down my window to get some fresh air. Uh, and as the wind of the spirit washed over me. I thought this might be a good time for uh, to educate the driver in front of me, uh, so I just said, "Pay attention, right <laughs> now, just settle down." You go, "Oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard." Huh? I've gotten a lot better in my driving, so I was ashamed of myself right when I said it. This is the point. I'm, I'm, we're coming back around. Hang in there, right? So right when I said it, I'm like, "Oh." No, no, I'm going to have to confess this tomorrow at church just to <laughs> get it off my chest. I didn't do the do, I should have didn't the don't. <clears throat> so I said to myself, all right, this is a situation in everything. Here's an everything moment. Because you get those everything moments all, all the time. What do I do? Well, what have I ever done that to somebody behind me? Absolutely I have. I've watched episodes of 24 on my laptop while I was driving, okay? <laughs> okay. I wasn't at a stop sign when I did it, okay? So, it's on the freeway. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm like, what What would I do to her? Like, what... How do I have to... What would have happened if I were her? Because I've been her before. And, and so, I... I thought, well, if someone honked at me and then rolled down their window and said, pay attention, I'd go, dude, what's your problem? Okay, I made a mistake. You got two minutes. You should have left earlier, okay? What if there was an accident, right? So I'm going through teaching myself, training myself in righteousness, uh, how to respond the way I would want it respond. And in that case, it would have been to do nothing or to go, hey, don't sweat it. You know, I've done it myself or whatever. But here's the thing. Do unto others as you. This is the weird part about this. Wouldn't it make more sense, more godly to say, do unto others as God would have you do unto them? That would make more sense to me. Like, because then you're going, well, it's God's standard, not mine. Why do I want to do unto others as, as I would? I mean, what if I want to get hit in the head with a baseball bat or something? Like, I don't know. But see, Jesus here knows According to our shape, kind of how we're made up, this is how we're going to be resourced to give. So through our gifts, when I ask for more of the Spirit of God in my life, it's going to express itself as God has designed me to express it. And so this is where Jesus is coming from. And what he's saying is, go for it in everything. No matter what it is, go for it. In in X Games, and since we're talking about Mountain Dew and extreme sports and stuff, if you notice kind of how they've evolved, um, that, you know, like let's take the BMX bicycle stuff. You know, that's been around for a long time. And, 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 and for a while, there were really crazy tricks. And then all of a sudden, if you've ever watched ESPN 2 or whatever, the tricks got insane. People doing flips and then grabbing their bike. And, and you're going, these guys are crazy. What, what? There was just a jump in crazy tricks. That's because this sport, BMX and motocross, came up with the foam pit. And the foam pit, oh, I got a picture here. Uh, yeah, you can see it. Oh, it'll get better, trust me. But behind this guy over here, I wish I had a little laser pointer. That'd be cool. But the guy over to the right, he's about ready to do a jump, and that pit is filled with foam. And so you can try whatever you want, anything crazy, and you won't get hurt. And you can do it over and over and over again until you get it right. I'll show you just a little bit about kind of how it, how it works. Oh, look at that. nice and Nice little foam pit. Yay. Now he's not on a pit. He's practiced a lot. This had music to it, but it wasn't appropriate for Sunday morning. That's extreme sports right there. But you're landing into a foam pit. Now, that guy's underwear is showing, but uh, that was just more to show you the culture of the day. (laughs) I better get out of there before you guys keep looking at his underwear. Listen, guys. God has given us all a foam pit. Every single one of us has a foam pit. We can do radical, crazy, extreme stuff for the kingdom of God and nothing's going to happen to us. Why? The kingdom of God is our foam pit. If Christ is for me, who can be against me? I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a big foam pit of Jesus sitting there. I can try things in Christ. In every situation, I can do unto others as, they'd, as, as I'd have them do unto me. Everything. I've been giving all things according to life, for go, life and godliness. What father is going to remove the foam right when you try something is essentially what the verse before this says. See, as we ask and we seek and we knock, God gives us this energy, this fuel to live a radical, extreme life for God according to our shape. Okay, I don't have to do unto others as anyone else would do. It's me and God. And then he says, go for it. And when you try it, it's all crazy and you look terrible. I I shared the gospel one time with a guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so bad. It was so bad. I was just terrible. I, I almost left the faith from my own testimony. That's how bad it was. I almost... <laughs> Sorry. It was just bad. It was just mechanical and didn't come out of any type of ask, seek, knock, kingdom stuff. It came out of rote, what, what I was supposed to do and all this kind of stuff. Well, what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. I totally crashed. My bike went that way. I went that way. I was all twisted up and I landed in a big foam pit. And the Lord said, "Uh, you don't want to do it that way, dude. Get back on your bike. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. And now how I share my faith is an extension of who I am in Christ. It's not anybody else. Now, did I learn from people? Absolutely. I mean, we all learn from each other. We all do it. But as you begin to take risks in Christ, he goes, ooh, that was nasty. Picks you up out of the foam pit, and off you go. And you say, well, I don't know what kind of foam pit it is, because I've lost my job. I've had all these things happen. I guarantee you, when we look at our lives, we say, it was no foam pit. We're looking all down here. As far as the kingdom of God was concerned, everything was fine. It, it's, God's, uh, the, the, it's God's parameters in everything. Secondly, it's God's principle. So God's principle is, now that you have everything and in everything, here's the principle. Do the do. James one twenty two: Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The, 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 uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ is not a sitting, learning, intellectual relationship. It's a thriving, doing, radical, extreme relationship that infects everything we do. It says, the man who looks intently at the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all that he does. In September, we're going to go over a six-week series on risk. I'm very excited about it. I've kind of been working on it on the side. But in September, we're going we're to talk about risk. A life on the back of a shark in all sorts of different ways. Here's a practical verse right after this. James 2.15 Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Now, here's the beautiful thing about Christ. He doesn't require that we do in order to gain his love. He doesn't require that we do in order to Uh, have a relationship with him that was done on the cross we can we can accept christ with our belief and all we have to do is confess with our mouth that jesus was raised from the dead and believe in our hearts that he's lord right we know we've got sin that's all fine we come to relationship with him so it's not like the more i do the more i'm loved the more i do the more i'm like christ See, the principle is we are doing. Now, now what does the Bible say that we do? Well, there's 20. If you look at the scriptures, there's 27 one another's love one another. Forgive one another. 27. I'll flash them up here real quick so that you can kind of get them all. These are all the one another's. We can start right there. With these 27 things. As far as our doing, how do I do unto others as they do? Well, you can start here. What does uh, be kind to somebody mean to you? What does it mean? But do that. Do that. These, these are the things I've had to ask myself all week. What does it feel like to be forgiven? Do that. Forgive. What does it look like when you're encouraged? Encourage. I mean, this will keep you busy all week long. It'll keep you busy your whole life. Now, there's only six don'ts in the one another's. Don't grumble against one another. Don't uh, you know lie to one another. I mean, they're all stuff like anybody. I mean, it's not really that much of a shark riding experience. The don'ts aren't, but this is. <laughs> this is awesome. Now imagine, imagine you're to be at peace with one another. What does that mean? I I don't know. See, this is the beautiful thing about a relationship with Christ. I can't tell you how to do this. You need to ask, seek, and knock, and then get filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish it. It's going to look different. Be at peace with one another. For some, might be your marriage. Like, I've got to just stop putting this guy down. I've got to stop telling my wife I'm the king of the jungle or whatever. I don't know. But it's a risk, isn't it? Isn't it a risk sometimes to go and ask for forgiveness or to forgive somebody? What if I forgive them and they don't, they don't change? Or what if I confess to somebody and they blab it out? What if I serve somebody and I don't get recognized or they don't recognize? What if I offer hospitality and they don't like my cooking? What if I speak psalm, hymns, and spiritual songs and they think I'm a freak, right? What if I'm humble and I never get that promotion? It's risky stuff to do this. But here's the thing. We have to ask ourselves, who's supplying our needs? If I say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage and build the, my 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 the guy in the cubicle next to me up. I'm gonna go and tell the boss, man, this guy's been doing a great job. Well, who's gonna take care of my promotion? God. Well, if I forgive this person, and then, how, you know, what if they come all over me again? And then it's a, who's gonna take care of me? God. What if I'm at school and I, 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 I you know. I I try to make amends with somebody and they make fun of me. Who's going to, God is going to do that? See, all of this flows out of therefore. Because we have access to the kingdom, we can ask and seek and knock. We've got everything we need to do this crazy, radical lifestyle. What if I tithe? What's going to happen to my retirement? God will take care of it. He doesn't ask us to do stuff that he doesn't resource us to do. It's God's principle. Let me give you a a real uh, example kind of in in life. It's here in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Okay? There's a do not. Don't do that. So you can spend the rest of your life trying not to cuss, not to tell dirty jokes, not to, you know, I'm going to make sure, I've talked about it, put a guard on front of your mouth that says, you know, hark who goes there and if it's wholesome, they open the gates and if not, it stays behind. You guys are like, you preached on that? Yeah, I did. Okay. (laughs) Like, so, thanks for that. It was encouraging looks there. No one was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Everyone's just like, what are you talking about? You know, so, so do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. It's easy, we can sit there. I know Christians, believe me, if when they even hear a cuss word, oh, 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 oh my goodness, oh, oh you know you're not supposed to, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you're not supposed to cuss, you're not supposed to tell dirty jokes. If you stop right there, that's a lame Christian life to me. Look, don't cuss, okay. I, I'm not I don't. I really don't cuss. I don't cuss. So what? What kind of life is that? But it goes on. It says this, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Well, that's more fun. It's easy to say a cuss word and go, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. It's much more difficult to go, Lord, where's your kingdom right here? What do you want me to say? Where's the treasure? What? Where is it? I wanna I wanna meet their needs. What what are their needs right now? What can I say that would build them up and really make them go, wow. Isn't that more fun? That's a do. We have to do the do. Do that. Okay? I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am to you guys. Check out this one. Above all. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received. Remember we're talking about how our shape is, what our gifting is. God supplies those things. Whatever gift we have, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. See, this is This is freedom, guys. This is total freedom. It means I can go to my work and however God's fulfilling me, however God's designed me, if I'm in a place of leadership at my work, I can encourage those below me. If I'm in a place of submission at work, I can encourage my boss and serve him and try to help him uh, get promoted or whatever. It, It doesn't matter. It applies to everything. In everything, do. Do unto others. We ask, we seek, we knock, we get filled up with his spirit, and we do. That's God's principle. Jesus talked about this again. He says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. We talked about this in Romans. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And we love the last part. In doing so, you'll put burning coals upon his head. Oh, I will do that. God, thanks for that insight. Feed. Give. These are God's principle. The third thing is God's purpose. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the purpose of it. It sums up everything God is about. Now, how does it sum up everything? How does it sum up what God's about? Do unto others as you'd have them do. Well, it sums it up when you, take, when you go back a few verses in the ask, seek, and knock. Here's what it sums up. The asking and the seeking and the knocking is to love the Lord my God with all my heart as I ask, all my soul, my strength as I'm seeking, all my might as I'm banging. I love God and I love my neighbor as myself. That's it. Case closed. No more sermons for the rest of the year. woo That's it. It sums it up. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5. We went over this. Do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I came to live it. I came to fulfill it. I didn't come to abolish this stuff. I came to show you what happens when you do it. I'm it, Jesus says. I came to fulfill it. Christians, the word Christian is just little Christ. That's it. We are Jesus to the world around us. That's what it's all about. That's the purpose. Jesus was it. In Philippians, it says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Well, you say, okay, Jesus did have a good attitude. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to have Jesus' attitude. I'll think nicely about people. I won't harm anybody. I won't do anything. But then, right after that, it goes into all the things Jesus did. He humbled himself by taking the form of a bondservant, and he was obedient to the point of death. He loved his heavenly father. He served his heavenly father by being obedient, doing whatever he said. I don't even speak unless I hear the Lord, unless I hear my heavenly father telling me what to speak. I don't do anything unless I hear him telling me what to do. And then he takes the form of a bondservant and he's obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's loving people. So it says, have this attitude like Christ did and let it manifest itself in doing. Why? To become a better Christian so that, no, Remember, it started out with don't judge others. Take the, take the plank out of your own eye. This is all this process. Once, once this happens, once this... See, see how we go backwards and we see the context of this doing unto others? It's not just a golden rule. It's a process of maturing in Christ and growing uh, in, in God. I, I, we don't have time to go over them right now, but I'm, I'm just going to read really quickly. Um, so there's many verses. Ephesians 4:32. All these verses are in your in your outline. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. A new command I give to you: Love one another. This is in John 13. As I have loved you, Romans 15:7. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. Philippians 4:32. Be kind, compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you this sums up the law and the prophets jesus and so our life needs to be radical as jesus's life was radical constantly going to fight once we see once we cut off the father then we start doing it on our own strength and we've seen that just fail miserably I mean, you can look at ministries that look like they're doing the right thing, but you can tell it's on their own strength. They're bitter. They're fearful. It's doing that. You know, if you don't do it that way, it's wrong. That's not, you know, unless it goes against Scripture, we have all sorts of freedom. It's our purpose. Uh, Jesus talked about a parable. In the same, in Luke, we have kind of the same concept. A guy comes up to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, how do you see the scriptures? And so he, he goes over and he says, well, you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He'd probably heard Jesus say this before and so he's, now he's spouting it off like, yeah. Jesus says, oh, you got it, dude. You got it. And then it says, wishing to justify himself he said well who's my neighbor ah oh, that's a great question who's my neighbor and jesus goes into the story about the good samaritan most of us probably all of us here know that story basically what happened is there was a guy he's coming down from jerusalem to i, I believe it was jericho i should look this up i think it's jericho anyway it's a 17 mile trek and it drops 4,000 feet in that process and it's it's there's blind turns, and it's treacherous, and it's uneven. It's like, it's exactly like life. I mean, when Jesus told this story, I mean, what a word picture of life, right? Where you're going along, and you think, oh, man, you turn, and there's a bunch of robbers. You know, oh, no, I didn't see that coming. I, you know, got into an accident or whatever. It's treacherous. You don't know what's going around uh, every corner. Great word picture Jesus uses here. So this guy gets beaten up by robbers, and then a Samaritan comes, and... And helps him out. Now you have to understand who Jesus was talking to. We don't know the guy who got beat up. We don't know his nationality. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about him. We assume he's, he's Jewish because he's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. But we don't know. The scriptures don't, don't say. But we do know that Samaritan that helped him. So if you're listening, you're a Samaritan. You're just like, yeah. Samaritan's the hero. And if you're a Jew, you're going, oh. So this guy helps him out, gives him, puts him on his own donkey, wa- walks the rest of the way, gets him in there, uh, bandages him up. Then tells the innkeeper, hey, here's some money. When I come back, I'll pay the rest. We talked about this last year, about this time we went over this section of Scripture. You can imagine you know, waking up from being beat up and somebody tells you, oh, don't worry, all your hotel expenses are paid. Right, you'd be in the minibar drinking sodas. You'd have like the, that robe on with the cucumbers on your eyes. You'd have the spa going, hey, don't worry, it's all free. This guy takes that risk. So I want to go over really quickly, very quickly, four things that we talked about a year ago with this idea of the Good Samaritan so that we can begin to rethink, before we take communion, we can begin to rethink, what does this look like in our life? What does a radical on the back of the shark life look like for us in Christ Jesus? Taking risk and and seeing what this purpose is all about. The first is we have to look past labels because we're going to come into contact, like I said, in my driving, what was the first thing out of my mouth? Lady, right? Well, what's that? That comes from my heart. There's something wrong there. I got to look, I got to deal with that. We need to begin to look with this exciting lifestyle. we're going to do, we can't label people and say, oh, well, they're Muslim. They'll never listen to me. That's a label. Oh, you know what? They're atheists. I've talked to them before. Label. That's not a doing. That's a labeling and trying to make up excuses why we wouldn't talk to a certain neighbor or talk to somebody at work or whatever. So we, we look past the label. Secondly, the guy feels something. It says when he sees the man down there, he feels compassion for him. It's the exact same Greek word that Jesus uses when he's talking about um, the the prodigal son. And the the father looks out and he sees the son and he feels that same word. It's the same word of when when the guy came to the king and owed him so much and he says, please have mercy on me. And the king feels compassion. It's the same word. So we have to ask ourselves, why don't I feel anything for this situation? That's an ask, seek, and knock question. Well, I'm in a situation and I feel nothing for these people. I've got to ask myself, Lord, why? What's going on? What have I lost? I need to seek that hunger for the lost again, that hurting. It says that David was a man after God's own heart. He felt what God felt. In a situation where God was angry, David was angry. And when when there was a situation when God felt compassion, David felt compassion. Love, love. Forgiveness, forgiveness. If I don't feel anything, I got to go back to my Heavenly Father and say, what's going on? Thirdly, love risks something. Anytime we do the do, it's going to be a risk. Doing the don't isn't that much of a risk. I didn't cuss out my neighbor. Oh, great risk. We have to risk something. This guy, the Samaritan, he risked something. He risked money, his time. He risked getting beat up by the robbers that might have been there. Finally, love does something. It does something. I had to look at my life this week and just say, do something. What situation am I in? Am I in line at Starbucks? Am I in line at the store? Am I at work? Am I at school? Am I in the home? What would you have me to do? I want to go back to this last verse as the, as the um, worship band returns. I want to go back to this last verse. 2 Corinthians 9.8. As the worship band returns. Okay. (laughs) And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Okay, pay attention. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace. You want to do something? God's going to supply it. He's going to supply your needs. What father, when the son wants to do something, takes all the foam out of the pit? That's no good. That's not a loving father. He's not going to do that. All grace abounds to you. Why? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good do. That's what the scriptures is saying. We are in love. The-